welcome to another edition of the Screen Nerds Podcast. My name is Michael Burgett, and thanks for joining me for this quick screen episode of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Brand new film, just out in theaters, checked it out, wanted to share some of my thoughts with you on the film. Now, the film is the seventh film in the Mission Impossible series, and it tells the continuing adventures of Ethan Hunt and his IMF team uh, as they deal with yet another threat to the world. Uh, And this time around, uh, he's dealing with, well, the team is dealing with a entity known as the entity. Uh, It's an AI program that's gone rogue and uh, it threatens both the world and also is an opportunity for uh, powers both of the good kind and the bad kind uh, to want to have control over it. Uh, and along with Gabriel, its messenger, uh, and a human who uh, has ties to Ethan Hunt that go back all the way to the events of the first film. Uh, and really, I mean, that's the premise of the film, is Ethan and the IMF team are having to fight uh, both Gabriel and this nebulous AI entity. Uh, and as the title gives away this is just part one uh there is a part two that's coming and uh there don't worry about uh this review there are no spoilers to it uh it's it's a safe listen uh i think it's i think it's very important though to go see the film for yourself uh but you don't have to worry about me spoiling the film in any way i'm just giving my non-spoiler thoughts to it uh going in i was super excited to see this film this was one of my most anticipated films of the year because I love this film series. I feel like that this film series is one that uh, seemingly gets uh, better as as the films have gone on. Uh, it's one that I feel like all the way into now film seven, it's firing on all cylinders and this one is no exception. I feel like that uh, all the hype, all the uh, anticipation that was going into this film uh, was definitely merited and warranted. It, this film is bonkers in all the good kinds of ways of bonkers. It's it's an epic film. It's lots of action, lots of espionage, uh, lots of intrigue. Uh, I think one of the ways I was as I was watching the film that I thought about this film was it's very much like a shell game, uh, both in the MacGuffin key. Uh, that everyone is chasing after, but also just trying to figure out whose side what's on, where is this going. Uh, it feels very much like a shell game, like where you're trying to keep your eyes peeled in watching whatever is going on on the screen and trying to decipher where it's going, what's going to happen next, all these different things that are going on. Uh, and it, it makes for a very engaging and intriguing watch. I know that, you know, the length of the film, it's, I think, the longest of the film series at over two and a half hours. Uh, It doesn't feel that time. Like, the action that's going on is at a brisk pace. It keeps you engaged throughout the film. There's not any point, I feel like, where there's really a lot of downtime if there's any downtime, it's necessary for exposition, for uh, advancing the story. It's not anything where it feels uh, 
pat like the time is padded or uh, it, there's excess. I feel like that they did a great job. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who directed the film, uh, and, and I think the he did a great job as far as like the pacing of the film. It, it really feels like a just a wild ride, and you're along for it. And it, it, like I say, it keeps you engaged. It, it really is a fun, entertaining action film uh, that you know makes you want to go to the theater and see it. The funny thing too, and I didn't really expect this as I was watching the film, but after you know, after kind of setting with it and thinking about it, it kind of makes sense as far as this comparison goes. And I don't know too many places that will bring up this comparison or this thought and it is comparing this film to Fast 10 now you're probably you know you you say that and you think about it it's like how can you compare this film to Fast 10 well there's kind of a couple of things where it stands out to me as kind of comparison one being it's you know length of the franchise you know this film being at 7 Fast 10 being at the 10th film uh, the fact that you have a villain in Gabriel in this film, uh, and in and in um, in Fast Ten you have uh, Jason Momoa's character are connected to previous uh, villains or previous uh, uh, films in in the series. This one being connected all the way back to the first film and how Gabriel's character. Uh, Gabriel Essie Morales' character is connected to Ethan Hunt uh, in the same way that Dom is connected uh, to the villain in Fast 10. Uh, obviously, one of the easiest ways to compare it is the chase sequences uh, in Rome. In Fast 10, you've got the huge chase sequence there, and in this film, uh, you've got another chase sequence in Rome uh, in, in that comparison. In so, uh, and really, when, with that comparison, I feel like that this film does enough to stand out from Fast 10. Uh, there's a lot of, like, up-close, almost like GoPro-type uh, camera sequences with the, the chases. There's a lot, uh, almost a lot more intimate with the, the, the driving and the chase sequences as opposed to Fast 10. Uh, but... There's another comparison, the, the AI MacGuffin factor that's kind of in F and Fast 10 is here uh, in, in Dead Reckoning. So there's several ways that this film and Fast 10 kind of compare, but I feel like that where Fast 10 kind of falls a little short, I feel like this film succeeds in, and I feel like that if... Fast 10 had taken a couple of pages out of this film, I think it would have been, uh, it would have done better, I think, at the box office and, and done better overall. But this film, to me, you know, like I said, top to bottom, thoroughly entertaining, highly enjoyed it. Uh, I already mentioned the director, Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, really, I, I feel like he kind of set the pace with, with the direction of the film. And how he was engaged with, and I think that goes in large part to the relationship that he has with Tom Cruise, and and how they work together so well. They work together in Top Gun Maverick, uh, and you, you see kind of that continuation uh, here in 
with Dead Reckoning. They, they just they work together so well, and it, it comes across on screen. Uh, the performances were phenomenal. The cast is great. Uh, obviously, everyone you know, Tom Cruise knows Ethan Hunt. You know, he, he's portrayed that for over 25 years now, so he he knows kind of the essence of the character, the essence of the performance, very much how he was with Pete Mitchell, Maverick, and Top Gun. Uh, you know, he knows Ethan Hunt, and he knows what to do, and so no uh, no doubt with that. Uh, all the returning characters are great. All the uh, actors, uh, obviously Ving Rhames, love Ving Rhames. He's always awesome in, in here, and Simon Pegg is great, and Rebecca Ferguson, always love her as an actress, and uh, Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. So all, all the uh, returning characters are great, and Really, the the newcomers I thought really held their own pretty well. Haley Atwell, uh, obviously as Grace, she does a great job. Uh, the I always mispronounce her uh, last name, but Palm Clayton uh, Hoffer, uh, who plays Mantis in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy series, uh, her role as Paris uh, as kind of the silent assassin is really well done but to me I think out of all the new uh, new characters new actors for me the best and the most underrated I feel like is Shea Wiggum and Greg Tarzan Davis those two are to me the ones that steal the show they're the ones that steal the film Uh, they play uh, US agents who are tasked to take in uh, Ethan, you, you know, there's always, you know, in these films, it's always this group that, uh, of us people that are kind of tasked with, uh, taking in, uh, Ethan because, uh, the government, the U S government thinks he's gone rogue. And even they kind of make a joke about the, as many times as Ethan has gone rogue <laughs> throughout the course of the series. And so these two are the ones that are kind of tasked, uh, with taking them in and the camaraderie and the chemistry that those two have on screen is great. They, they play off each other very well, uh, very entertaining. And I'm excited to see them in the next film and, and what they do. Cause I, cause they definitely have to be back. Like there's no, there's no, um, doubt with the performances that they had in this film. They definitely have to come back and continue on with that story. Uh, like I said, top to bottom, this this film was just great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I saw it on IMAX, and that was just bonkers. Especially the the stunt sequences. Like we all know from the trailer, uh, the jumping off of the cliff with the uh, motorcycle. But what happens immediately after that is completely insane. I cannot believe that Tom Cruise got away with some of this stuff with the way it was filmed with everything with this. It is completely bonkers and you have to see it. You have to see it on the biggest screen possible because it is just insane what they did. I I don't even know how in the world they did some of the sequences they did and I don't know how in the world they're going to top it in the next film because it's just so insane how they filmed it, what they filmed, everything that goes along with it. Um, 
if there was if there was any negative I had to the film was there were a few sequences, like one or two sequences, where there was a little bit too much, I feel like, of shaky cam, where it just kind of was a little bit jarring. Um, but thankfully, that was only at a minimum. There was really only one or two sequences where there was that kind of, like, shaky cam. Uh, otherwise, it was the cinematography was bonkers. Like I said, that, that whole sequence with the... Um, with the motorcycle and the jump, uh, the sequence with the train, uh, the shots, uh, in the desert, uh, even just the shots in, in, in the Alps, in the Austrian Alps, just beautiful. They, one of the things that I, I really appreciate with, uh, the, these films that, Tom Cruise is a part of, uh, especially like recently with Top Gun Maverick and now this one, uh, and even some of the previous Mission Impossible films, is they always want to make a point of filming on location and uh, being on site on places and not on a sound stage and uh, really just kind of showing off nature and beauty of that. And so, very beautiful. The score, obviously very iconic with the Mission Impossible theme again and uh, the, the the orchestral score is uh, very well done as is usually the case with uh, these Mission Impossible films but overall top to bottom super fun super enjoyable I probably would go ahead and put this film in my top five easy maybe even top three uh, I I would have to really kind of sort through uh, my my top three but I, I, I dare say it's even in my top three. It is just such an awesome film. And it's definitely, like I said, if you can see it in the biggest screen possible, in the biggest way possible, uh, go check out this film. It's definitely worth it. And I'll say this. I, like I said, no spoilers. I thought they did a great job of leaving it at a satisfying cliffhanger. Like, you know that it's, you know, there's still more to the story. But they did a great job of kind of tying, tying it up at a point where you feel satisfied. Like you walk out of the theater and you say, okay, this was a great movie. I'm excited to see what's more. And it, it doesn't leave you on a sour note. Like it leaves you on a positive note as far as like being excited for what's next. So that's my thoughts on Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this film when you see it or any film that you've been checking out of late. You can let me know your thoughts anytime by email, screennerdspodcast at gmail.com. You can always find us on Twitter at ScreenNerdsPod and tweet your thoughts there. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search out Screen Nerds Podcast and like the page there. We're also now on Instagram and Threads. Just search out Screen Nerds Podcast and follow us along there. And if you get an opportunity, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Play, Good Pods, Castbox, Amazon Music, wherever it is that you get your podcast, you can find us there. Just search out Screen Nerds Podcast, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, leave a five star review, hopefully, uh, leave a written review, uh, and share the podcast and let others know what we're doing here in the community that we're building uh, of film lovers that love film and want to share that with others. Uh, That's what we're all about, and thanks for being a part of it, and 
like I said, let others know what we're doing here so that they can be a part of the community as well. So again, thanks for joining me for this quick screen episode. My name is Michael Burgett, and we will catch you on the next episode.